everyone, this is Lou Rosenfeld, and welcome to the latest Rosenfeld Review podcast. I have Andy Welfel and Michael Metz on the line. Hi, guys. Hey, how are you? Great. I'm really happy for a number of reasons today. And one of them, uh, besides talking with you, is knowing that the book that you two are writing for Rosenfeld Media is uh, in production, which means it's Oh, shoot. Were like we supposed to write that? You were supposed to come up with a final <laughs> title. What title are you going to offer us today? Michael, do you want to go for that? Yeah, the, the title we're working with right now is Designing with Words, How to Write for Interfaces. Uh, and um, things may change, but um, that's what we have right now. That's right. Uh, things uh, can and do change in the sausage making of book publishing. Uh, it hasn't gone to the printer yet, but we are looking to see that book come out this fall of 2019. Or if you're down under, let's just call it Q3. Um, yeah. And, you know, this has a, a, been one of the, like the most enjoyable books for for us to work on, partly because... Uh, Andy and Michael are, are just like a like they know how to write for some reason, you know. It's like they're writing a book about writing, and in a way that sounds like it's obvious. But in, I, I'm from knowing a lot of people who are writers who actually have tried to write about writing. It, it's kind of deceptively difficult, um, and I think we should get into that in a moment. But I should at least say that Michael uh, is at Allstate, and Andy's at Adobe. Um, they, uh, Michael working in conversation design, Andy in content strategy, they have uh, interest, interesting leadership roles in those respective organizations. But this is really about UX writing. And um, UX writing is like something we hear about a lot these days. It's, uh, you know, it, it's sort of one of those things that people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> but I imagine if you got 10 people... <laughs> Uh, uh, and interview them about what their definition would be for UX writing, you might get 10 different definitions. How are you guys framing it at this point? Um, this is actually really funny because um, right before we started recording, um, I was looking at my tweets, and a tweet that I tweeted uh, in June just got put up on the big screen at the Design and Content Conference um, about this exact topic. So my... Um, my tweet was that uh, Halverson's law, of course, referring to our mentor and, you know, idol Christina Halverson, a positive correlation exists between the number of content strategists in a conversation and the likelihood that they'll discuss their job role. Um, and, then I, and then I said, which reminds me of a joke, how many UX writers does it take to change a light bulb? The answer is, I wouldn't know. I'm a content strategist. It's like meant to be funny and snarky, but I... I think it kind of like just shows how kind of like new and influx UX writing is as a sort of like formalized practice. I mean, it's been going on for forever for as long as there's been like digital experiences, but um, I think it's kind of like newly, newly baked in. We've had so much good um, just sort of like thought leadership all over the internet about it. And it just seems like the time is right to like, you know, write some texts, write some books. So so that's what we're here to do. <laughs> so, well, let's, I, let's, I generally, let's, dig, yeah. let's dig a little bit into the definition, though. I mean, is are, are people who've been writing documentation uh, for, let's say, software, maybe on, let's 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 narrow it. Let's say online documentation. Are they UX writers? So they might be, but um, 
I don't think I don't think that's the focus. Um, usually, what I hear is people doing that type of work are more interested in affecting the product itself. So I've had the opportunity recently to talk with a lot of newcomers who are trying to make their way into the field and focus on UX writing. And what they talk about is how um, maybe it's through documentation. They were asked to document a certain feature and they felt like there could be improvements to the feature itself that would, you know, if they made those improvements, they wouldn't even need to write the documentation, right? <laughs> um, they felt like uh, they were being asked to write blog posts about how to use the software. And they felt like if they could just fix what was wrong, they wouldn't have to write the blog post. So to me, uh, that's not quite what we're talking about. Um, but people in those roles tend to have a really good mindset for this type of work because they they see um, the the software through a different lens, through the lens of the language uh, that's that's being used. And, and so, like, let's draw some some lines around the practice. What what kind of uh, work or uh, might they be doing as UX writers? What kind of challenges might they be addressing? Problem solving. Well, one of the things that is interesting about the field is that it's really just in one sense it's a UX role. So a lot of general UX skills apply, you know, being able to do research, being able to uncover user needs, being able to be objective about the problem and not have it be a reflection of, of your opinion, um, being able to represent the user's voice. All those things are really key. I think for the writers in particular, what they bring to this equation is a better grasp of how to use language to solve problems. Uh, a lot of teams are um, unequipped or, or under-equipped to, um, to do things like, you know, name a feature or or write the um, you know the the narrative that someone needs to follow as they work through an experience. So that's the that's the unique aspect that someone brings that um, that's really about their writing skill set. But there's a huge part of the job that's really about learning what user experience is and and how that applies to the uh, the craft of writing. Yeah, it really is sort of a you know just to that beautiful mixture between writing and design, right? Like we, we talk about it as designing with words all the time. This is not a phrase that we own, but like, it's definitely something that is the best way to describe it. I usually tell people that I, you know, write, but with a design methodology. So it's not just like linear, linear narrative. It's, it's a, um, <clears throat> iterative, um, testable, reproducible, like methodology. So Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, hold your feet to the fire just for one more one more round here, and, and I'm gonna ask you to draw a contrast uh, or compare uh, UX writing and content strategy. I know you I know you're just loving these questions. <laughs> um, I I don't know I. I call myself a content strategist. My team is the content strategy team. Um, I think that probably 80% of what we do is UX writing. It's kind of UX writing is one of, I think, like the functional outputs of content strategy, right? Like mm -hmm. you're, you know, that content strategy is the underlying, you know, just practice uh, and UX writing is one of the, one of the outputs. So um, I, I know that there's a lot of, of people who just like really draw a comparison there, but I tend to reserve, reserve the right to do the strategy behind the content and the writing and the experience and, you know, also produce the words, which is UX writing. So some people, plenty of teams out there like have, have UX writers on the team 
and they like you know can can be clearer about what their output is and what role they play uh, by kind of like looking at it from you know the surface level down instead of sort of from the foundation up which is kind of like how how we frame it so does so uh, you know obviously you know someone doing ux writing is going to do some kind of in the trenches or maybe better put in the weeds work in terms of uh uh, making decisions about uh, things like are we going with uh, sentence case for uh, certain headings or are we, um, you know, how are we going to um, make an error message intelligible, things like that. But uh, is it strategic as well? I mean, does str strategy is this, well, let me ask, is the strategic end of UX writing things like helping bring voice and tone and reusable content to design systems? Right. So it, to me, uh, there's a big difference between the act of writing, the, you know, the doing that on a team and um, the job title of writing. I think anyone who is, is doing that writing work should also have a strategic mindset to some degree, no matter what their um, job title is. So not being called a content strategist should never prevent you from applying content strategy to what you're doing. Um, there's a there's a chapter in the book about strategy, even though the book is mainly um, focused on the needs of writers. And that's because the way you get to figuring out what the appropriate solution is should really be based on the strategic goals of the product and of the team. And so it's not as if there's a cut and dried correct answer in all these cases. We have to understand what our goals are. We have to align the team on that. We have to uh, facilitate good decision making. And so even if your title is a writer, and even if you spend 80% of your time writing, uh, you're going to be most effective if you have a strategic mindset that you apply to those problems as well. So like the design systems is a great example. Design systems need uh, writing and content represented in them. And so if you don't have that strategic mindset in terms of how your what your writing can be applied beyond the particular instance you're using it to the wider product or the wider organization, then um, you're not going to be as effective. We specifically stayed away from roles within the book just because like, it can be so fraught and different and immediately connect with somebody, right? Like they can have preconceived notions about what it is we're trying to teach them. So if you're a, if you're a visual designer you know, on a UX team who is thinking strategically about words, this book is still for you. If you're a product manager and you're thinking about the words in the interface, this book is still for you. It's not necessarily just content strategists or UX writers or content designers or whatever, whatever you call yourself. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want more, not only do we have a whole bunch of podcasts in our archive, but we have something that's very current, very alive, and very engaging for groups. And that is our communities. Rosenfeld Media runs a variety of communities that meet on a monthly basis for video conferences on a variety of topics near and dear to UX people, ranging from enterprise experience to advancing research to design and research operations. I want to encourage you to join one of our communities. Again, it is free by going to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. Not only will you get a monthly video conference that you can listen in on and participate in, ask questions and so forth, we'll give you access to the recordings. And uh, for some of those communities, we're talking about dozens of recordings with really interesting presenters and facilitators. You'll also get a newsletter. You'll get access to 
an advice columnist. Yes, we actually are providing advice columnists for each community. And finally, if you're interested in our conferences, our communities correspond to our conferences. So you will be the first to know when programs, uh, when programs go live, uh, when tickets go on sale, and by the way, most of our conferences sell out, and other good things about our conferences, such as uh, when these scholarship applications open up. So go to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. You're going to find something that's free, something that's interesting, and it's a great opportunity to find your tribe as well. We'll see you there. So like many other UX or just generally design and content related areas, we're seeing a democratization or at least, you know, well, a democratization of skills, but also maybe more importantly, a, a broader recognition that we all do a bit of everything and therefore should know a little bit about everything or at least have respect for just about every uh, various uh, uh, practice under the uh, under the, the umbrella that we all share. But for people who really are are looking to make this uh, a, the main part of their work or, or the backbone of their careers. Um, uh, you know, I know you mentioned that you've been looking into new people who are, are who are, are trying to become UX writers, job yeah. title or not. Uh, you know, I, I've seen this personally. Uh, my wife is uh, a, a former journalist and uh, has done a lot of fiction writing. Uh, and she was a freelancer for many years, and now she's a full-time UX writer, the only one in a, a, a large financial services corporation with tens of thousands of employees. And it's been a fascinating thing for me to see that transition. And so it's, re it's very top of mind for me. I just wonder, you know, in your research, what are you seeing as the sort of journey that people have? Is there a pattern where they suddenly have an aha moment at a certain point that's almost predictable? And, and then w what kind of accelerates their making progress toward that goal of, of you know, becoming gainfully employed uh, in some respect of UX writing? Yeah, so like I said, we've had some great conversations recently. I did interviews for the book with a lot of newcomers to the field to see what their journey has been like so far and how they're making their way in. And um, the common thread is people wanting to, again, be part of the solution to the problem and not just write about the problem. And I really do think that people who are writers can uh, find a place in uh, on design teams and in tech because they bring a really different skill set to problem solving than um, someone who's visually oriented, for example. So, um, you know, like, Going back to design systems, if you look at many of the examples out there, they are largely about uh, components and how to use different um, things that someone might interact with. So you have your buttons, um, but there's very little in the design system saying how to write the label for that button, right? Um, how to go through a, a process where you can find the right answer to that. And writers are really good at thinking that through and breaking it down and breaking down a message it, to a point to where um, they, they come up with the solution of that problem. So the, the, best, um, the best way people can make it into this is by um, learning how to cast their work in that light, right? To say to someone, I'm doing product work as well, but my craft is with writing and with, if, and with using language. Your craft may be visual design, your craft may be code. Um, my specific craft um, is using language and words. And and for sure, like one of the, you know, I made a joke with a, 
a friend, Erica Hall, at the last confab about like, you know, one of the reasons why I think that this practice didn't take off earlier is because uh, we just don't have a good complicated tool that nobody else knows how to use. And, you know, like Michael was saying, when you document a button in a design system, like, you know, by gosh, that corner radius is really well documented. And the color that you use for the, you know, steady state and the hover state and the click state, that's all documented really well. But like, you know, anybody can just put put some words on there, right? Like, you know, b being able to kind of like systematize the the way that you do that for consistency and obviously clarity um, is is kind of the main the main reason we're here. Well, that that yeah. The, that... the irony, just to, to just to add on that. Sure. Sorry, um, is it okay that I jumped in? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So the irony, just to add on that, is that like the words that go on the button what we've seen in usability testing throughout our careers is that that's usually the most critical piece to make the software usable. And yet that's not where design teams are spending a lot of their time. So uh, that's what the the advantage that writers really bring um, to a team. They can help them solve problems in new ways. And the challenge for UX writers is casting what they do as a specialized skill set. Um, because like Andy said, a lot of people um, in the design industry can content to think of the ability to use a tool as what it takes to design something. Um, but, but that's not the case at all. Well, I want to just spend a moment on a, maybe a different kind of tool than, than, uh, than maybe most people think of, namely something you mentioned earlier, uh, the kind of tools that uh, people who are doing UX writing might employ to do user research. Um, maybe the, a better term would be methods. So, Yes, uh, like other designers, we need to do user research. Uh, we need to have some tools in the toolkit to, to help us, um, uh, or some methods, I should say. What are the kind of methods that uh, UX writing really leans on, most of all? And is it very different than, let's say, a visual designer might lean on? So um, <clears throat> I don't think that, well, some of the methods are a little bit different. Um, I think when you're when you're writing, you may uh, rely more heavily on different aspects of research. For example, so for the book, um, there's a great book out there uh, called Site Search Analytics <laughs> that you wrote. Oh dear. Um, you know, a topic like like that. <laughs> Suck up. <laughs> the, the to a topic like that becomes really important, um, far more important to a writer, um, because that helps you identify the words people are using as they uh, look. Um, around your product or, or as they look for your product, all those things, um, those concepts apply, uh, especially to, to writing. Um, and then also, um, like with testing, for example, I think um, the way a lot of usability testing is done is that um, there, you may, some teams may opt towards testing the happy path, right? Like make sure everyone can get through it. Uh, but a writer may be more interested in testing what happens when things go off the rails and when you're seeing an error message and whether that error message helps people understand what to do next and um, whether uh, there's comprehension there of what the system has just done. Uh, for that reason, a lot of times, like one of the testing methods we describe in the book, uh, which originated with the gov.uk team, um, is that uh, you, know, you can separate the words from the interface. You can actually just write the, those things out on a piece of paper, put those words in front of a user and see um, what their expectations are after reading them or what they think will happen next or what their emotional reaction to it is. And all those things are, are really helpful. So um, it's not as if you're 
um, inventing new techniques, but more like you're using those same core uh, skill sets that um, a design team may be familiar with and focusing them on, on the words. Got it. So that, that it's interesting that that method that you talked about a moment ago, it, it almost sounds as if you, you're, you're um, sort of separating the words from the interface and um, making, I mean, you can kind of test them in a more pure way, if, if I hear you. Exactly. One of, one of the things that um, we've tried uh, in our own practice is to test, um, you know, ha have participants mark whether something is uh, helpful or not helpful. And that can help you see when your, um, your tone may be inappropriate for a certain situation, right? If you're adding in a nicety, like, um, hey there, uh, when someone is um, having trouble with their billing, for example, then that can help you really illuminate that in that type of situation, you really shouldn't bring uh, a, a casual or lighthearted tone uh, to that interaction because people are not finding it helpful to move through the process. I, I have one last question for you um, because I, I think we, we're, we're looking at the clock and we're getting there. Um, the, my, my big question for you guys is why are so many writers in the field so damn snarky? <laughs> Um, that's, that's a very good question. Um, I think, a, I, I don't know if I can talk specifically about, uh, writers in the field, but I can talk about like, you know, interface language in general. Um, I think that often, um, often there's kind of a fallacy that goes around that says like, oh, Hey, like this is an error moment or a null state or an empty state or a 404 page or something. And, you know, people, this is a really good opportunity to like really, you know, win some hearts and minds and like be whimsical or like be funny or something like that. And so you might see like a error message or a 404 page that says like, oops, you probably didn't mean to do that. And the thing that I just always kind of push back with is like, well, if you're, you know, talking to somebody in real life, like let's say you're a, a cashier at a retail store at, a, at Target or something and somebody wants to buy some stuff and they swipe their credit card and it's declined and you're just like, oops, look like you, looks like you need some more money. Like, you wouldn't say that. Somebody would get mad. That's exactly the way it is for digital experiences, too. Like, you should not, um, you, should, you should use a tone that's kind of, like, appropriate for the context the user is in. So just as, like, I have a different tone when I'm talking to Michael or talking to you or talking to my mother or talking to my college roommate, like, you know, I can kind of tone switch between, though, e between that even though I am me, I am Andy. Um, your software can and should do that too, right? Like you have kind of your brand voice, you have the voice that you, like you have voice attributes, but you should shift the way that you talk and the information that you present and how, you know, wordy or succinct you are depending on the user context. Um, and that's, that's what tone is. So that's a big portion of the book. We have a whole chapter just sort of about tone approaches. We interview some really interesting experts in the field well andy um, you know what uh, I, yeah. I i was i i thought i was setting you up to to uh, to take my snarky question about snark and answer it in a even more snarky snarkable way and instead you answered uh -huh. it you answered it straight and in a really helpful positive Dang. way so <laughs> you, you know i you you, well, you Lou, uh, maybe you, just didn't you ask outwitted the right question. me you outwitted me <laughs> well uh <laughs> Thank you both. Um, before we wrap, I always like to, to wrap these uh, podcasts up with uh, 
a question around, uh, you know, what should our listeners know about? What's going on? Uh, what's a person who's doing interesting work or something you've read in, read lately that you think uh, the world should know about? Um, I I don't know if we're allowed to talk about other publishers here. That's but, fine. Um, we're all <laughs> friends. Tori Majerski. Yeah, uh, Tori Podmajerski just wrote a book for O'Reilly called Strategic Writing for UX, and um, she, which is nominally about like the same thing we're writing about, but it, she takes a much different approach, which I really appreciate. I think that it's going to be such a good, useful kind of companion piece, or maybe since ours is coming in after, ours will be a really good companion piece to hers. So definitely read Strategic Writing for UX um, if you get a chance. Oh, that's great. And, and Tori, if you're listening, uh, hopefully uh, you'll return the favor in some future podcast. Uh, how about you, Michael? <laughs> so your comment about um, snarky writing <laughs> uh, made me think of this blog post that Scott Kuby at Brain Traffic recently wrote called um, Content Strategy is Boring, and that's okay. Mm. It's not specifically about UX writing, but the principles, I think, really apply. And um, it, it draws us back to, um, I think, what, what Andy and I are really passionate about in our book, which is that um, y you need to be clear and concise. Uh, it's, not, it's not so much about being exciting or punching things up, but it's about um, making sure that people are able to, to use the systems we're designing. There's a lot of responsibility that goes into that. And um, sometimes that means that... Um, uh, you, you know, like <laughs> the, the post, I guess it's funny cause it is kind of snarky. Like you said, he's, he said content strategy is boring, but, um, that's not really his point. His point is that, um, you know, maybe you need to think about it differently. You need to think about it in terms of trying to be clear and concise. So uh, I could send you that link over later if we want to share it with the listeners. That'd be great. And, uh, both of you, uh, it's really been a lot of fun to work with you and, and snark's part of it. So, uh, thanks for indulging me. Uh, thanks for your great work. We're looking forward to seeing the book come out in the third quarter of 2019. It's Designing with Words by Michael Metz and Andy Welfel, our guests, guests today on the Rosenfeld Review podcast. Thanks, guys. Great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thanks, Lou. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen and check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at rosenfeldreview.com. <laughs>